very welcome to the LOI Weekly Christmas Special, which we only decided on in the last few days, but we've somehow put together four people in the studio, as well as our uh, great team in the background as well, which uh, we must mention, uh, Daniel McDonald as well, there's been a new uh, arrival, uh, the boy Jay. Uh, boy Jay, has, yeah. has had his... Uh, a boy or a girl, is it? Uh, it's a boy, isn't it? Yeah. I, I always like when somebody has a baby, I kind of forget whether it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um, but we have uh, James Chambers and Paul Corey here, and uh, we're going to be here for the next 45 minutes or so, going through a few transfers and going through uh, a little bit of a review of the transfers and also look at 2018. Hello to James and Paul Corey. Hi, Dan. Hi, Johnny. Good to be back. How are you doing, lads? How are you? James, when, when are you heading back to the States, James, or what's your schedule? Uh, I'm, I'm home now since, since the very start of November. And I'm you not know, going back until the 14th of January. Pre-season will start the end of January. So that's bad. I think I saw a video of you the other day doing some intensive pre-season work or something like that. Or you're keeping you're keeping at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping at it. I'm doing uh, I'm doing a little bit with Stephen Marr. Extra okay, that's where I was. Yeah. And then I'm doing a little bit with uh, this new place out in Junction Six Altitude training. Right. I've never done it before, and it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying it. What's Bethlehem like this time of year? Uh, I'll tell you next week yeah. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, but all's quiet at the moment. We're we're just trying to get some new players in for for next season. At the moment, we we obviously had an awful lot of lads on two year contracts that didn't progress to the first team, so they would have shipped on. So now it's like a fresh batch, and some of the guys who impressed last year will stay for for next season and look to push on and, and hopefully earn an MLS contract. Kieran Kilduff, um, what's the impression he's made? Yeah, uh, I've I've a couple of friends that are American lads that play in the NASL, a couple that are at Cosmos and stuff, and. Obviously, Amo and Richie, and he he's hit the ground running. He scored a couple of goals. He, he scored two against Cosmos, which was which was massive. They they ultimately they missed out on the playoffs, which was really disappointing for them. By all accounts, they they play in a really really attractive style of football, and he's he's fit in like you know, which good for him. I think he's enjoying it, and once once the life off the pitch is enjoyable, I think the football will take care of itself. Paul Curry, how are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad. I'm uh, I've just returned from four weeks in Asia. So uh, body's taking a bit of getting used to being back home, particularly with the weather. But I'm doing well. Um, I'm kind of in transition in, in terms of uh, from you know the end of my football days. Um, I've come towards the uh, latter end of a interview process with Google. So there's potential for maybe something there. I've other things in the pipeline. Um, one actually that involves the League of Ireland club. I'm working probably off the pitch and, and in that kind of context. So. Um, it's just kind of weighing up the options now, putting everything in front of me and then making probably a concrete decision on things probably, you know, first two weeks of January. Four weeks in Asia? Four weeks in Asia, two weeks. Long, long yeah, days. two weeks in Vietnam and Cambodia and then two weeks in Thailand. So um, there was three of us in, in Vietnam and Cambodia and then there was, there was 12 of us doing the islands in, in Thailand. So that was, as you can imagine, quite a heavy trip. Did you go to the killing fields? I didn't, no. You didn't? No. You were, how long are you in Cambodia? Two weeks? No, I was in Cambodia for three days. Sorry, I apologise. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's Anchor Wat and all of that stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And Dan, how are you keeping? Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. And sort of keeping busy, Johnny. You know, keeping busy. You're doing a couple of racing pieces for the Indo <laughs> this week. I'm not happy. <laughs> Listen, you know, got to keep busy in the winter months. I mean, no World Cup to look forward to next year. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's just you have to, you know, man's got to work. You know, got to see what's going on in the winter months. You know, it's uh, the fixtures out the other day is great. Sort of stuff to plan now in February and March and beyond. No and World Cup. No World Cup, but no, it's just it'd be nice if we had a an Irish World Cup year to to look forward to. But 
C'est la vie wasn't to be. You watched that in Cambodia, Paul, didn't you? I did, yeah. It was a three in the morning. Uh, I think we left just as it went 4-1. Um, it ended 5-1. Yeah, it was well, it's seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> I gathered that in probably the next yeah. day or two. Yeah. Did you? What did you make of it though? It was a, it was a bit of an embarrassment, really. Like you know, I mean, we gave out about the way they were playing, but it was quite a humbling experience to be Irish that night. Well, I was in I was in Copenhagen for the first leg, and uh, it was like watching paint dry. It really was. Um, you know, zero kind of style to our play, zero ambition, zero kind of focus as as to where we were going with the ball when we got it, and it was all about containing Denmark when. Probably when we were away from home, you might have thought we might have gone out and tried nicked an away goal because that would have put us on the front foot when we came back to Dublin. Um, but you know, from what I saw of the of the home leg, it, it wasn't pretty. You know, we nicked the goal from a set piece, and and we were just negative ever. You know, once we scored our goal, and and we, you know, just sat deeper and deeper and deeper. And when you got the likes of Christian Eriksen, you got really quality players in that Danish team. For me to to. Keep them out for 180 minutes was always going to be an uphill uphill battle. Let's look at uh, we're going to talk a few transfers ins and outs now. Um, Jambo, we'll, we'll we'll say you're going to be a kind of a Pats um, an analyst uh, because they've made a lot of made a lot of moves. And Paul, we'll we'll look at uh, Rovers a bit from your perspective, and I guess the rest as well. I suppose the, the biggest news we've had of late is Patrick McElhenney's move to Oldham. Um, now, I was texting somebody in the league the other day about this, and, and he questioned like whether this is a big enough move for him. It's Oldham. It's not like championship. Dan, I'm going to start with you. Is it a platform for the next platform for him? Um, do, you, do you understand why he's done this? Oh, yeah, mm. I do. I do. I mean, yeah, you'd like to think... Um, I, I think he had a good season. He didn't have like an amazing season. He didn't have a Daryl Horgan season, a you know a Richie Towell season, a Sean Maguire season in the sense that you know they went slightly different circumstances Maguire went with season and so on but generally like they had a deal sewn up at a particular point on the strength of their performances in the league I think Patrick did very well without maybe doing enough to get like that championship move straight away and I think Oldham seems to be a good fit they seem very keen on them. The manager seems to know about him, as in it's not as if it's someone who some scout has brought in and then he has to go in. The manager seems to be very aware of what he can do. We'll see if Jack Byrne is maybe going back to Wigan. Um, I think obviously there's a McElhenney and, and Jack Byrne of the same representation, so I think they would have an idea, you know, where maybe what way things might play out. And I think the key is to go somewhere where you're going to play. And... Um, Okay, he is a very technical player. I maybe you know talked to the lads a bit more about um, and Paul's sort of lower league experience and, and how a player might may or may not be suited to that. But when you think of someone like Wes, who actually ended up playing regularly in League One and, and it sort of propelled him, and it, it is a you know there is talk of investment in Oldham as well. Maybe not the most glamorous club in the world, but um, have you ever been to Oldham? I haven't, no. A few a few other lads went to a game in Oldham, I think, last year. I think there was an Oldham. Boundary Park, I think, is it? Boundary Park, yeah. I remember I remember watching Oldham a lot in the early 90s when they yeah. had, like, uh, was it Ian Joe Mar- Royal, was Joe it? Joe Royal was manager, Ian Marshall. Dennis Irwin was there, I think, before he went to um, Manchester United and... Uh, Earl Barrett, some other Earl big, Barrett, yeah, yeah. big names of the of the time, but they've 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 fallen on hard times. But they seem to be playing decent football, and I think if he can go in there, get playing regularly, he's the type of guy who's going to score one of these goals. that's going to end up on that sky on Saturday afternoon. You know, he he could go viral there very quickly, mm. and it, it 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 you know if he's going to play, I think it's a good move. 
I suppose um, the, the interesting thing about his goals really from last season where he had like nine or ten goals that were up there with like any of the goals in the actual goal of the season, they were all against sort of teams that were basically bottom half, like Drogheda, Galway, uh, Pats. Um, you know, he didn't actually impress against Cork. And against that, then in Europe, he's shown real quality. Like in, you know, the Rosenberg game at home, he was absolutely excellent. How do you think he'll go, Paul? Well, just, you know, echoing what Dan said there, like, I think we need to be realistic of what, what level we're pitching our players in when they go to the UK. What's, what's the benefit of, say, Patrick McElhenney going to, say, you know, a, t- a top six, top eight championship team and, and sitting on the bench and five minutes here, ten minutes there, you don't settle, you can't really get any fluency or, you know, into your game. And I just think, having seen what Jack Byrne has done and being such a, a similar type player to Jack Byrne and the way that he plays, surely that that is the perfect platform to him go into you know a team that's probably in the top half of league one who play an attractive style of football it's something that's going to suit him as opposed to maybe going to a team that's in the lower half in the championship scrapping every week you know grafting for points to try stay in the league that's not McElhenney's game that's just not going to suit him he might you know go into the team he might not do well and um, particularly when teams are down the bottom of the table they don't seem to play attractive football from my experience anyway, it tends to be, you know, percentages, hit the ball long, fight for scraps. That's not his game. You're not going to get the most out of Patrick McElhenney playing in that sort of setup. So I think the likes of Oldham and, and, and teams in the upper half of League One are perfect fits for the likes of League of Ireland players. Who's to say that if he wasn't to do what Jack Byrne has done in the last couple of months, that he won't nick a move come the start of the next season? Or, you know, he might get an improved contract and he, and he might go on from there. But I was, I was speaking to him recently. I sent him a text and I was, I was asking him, you know, what his plans were or what options he had. And the one thing that I said is, you know, it's very important to be settled off the pitch as well. Find out where you're going, see where you're going to be living. Are you going to be playing? Playing often, you know, delivers happiness you know you go over there to play week in week out i know he has he has a kid and he has a missus and he's going to move them over the fact that he'd be playing every week and also does like to own doyle there i know jack burns there at the moment there's irish there's an irish contingent it's people to help you settle in you know you go into the dressing room you see a familiar face that's also going to be massive for him so you know people might say oh it's it's not a big enough move or it's not a big enough club i think it's it's probably the most you know it's, it's perfect fit for him at the moment i think we have to be realistic as well like he's going to a bigger club than any club in the league of ireland you know and he's he's actually he is he's going up the ladder like and the point you make there is particularly relevant for him because he's a quiet guy and i think he's a bit of a homeboy as well that he, he did enjoy living in ireland but uh how far is he going to go john oh i think he's got all the potential in the world he's like i know dan and, and paul are saying like that he, he probably wasn't as as good this season as the likes of towel and, and hogan before but i think his potential is, is far greater than, than the two boys, you know. By all accounts, just from hearsay, I think he's starting to apply himself a little bit more outside of football and, and in the gym and, and that sort of stuff. And that will only enhance it because he has all the tools, you know. It, it's just how much does he want it. That That's my opinion. And I, I think Oldham is, is probably a, a decent platform to go and progress again. He goes there, he has a good six months, he gets the confidence, gets in the team, which by all accounts, it, it looks like Wellens likes him. So I think it's a no-brainer for him to I go. I suppose the thing for him is as well, he is the quintessential number 10. Um, so he needs to be in a team, I think, that they're not going to be suddenly playing him left wing or something like that where he's like... And you just do see that it's if, if you have to fit in a player who's coming from the League of Ireland, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. But I would hope that he's played in his right position, Dan, that he's given that freedom... Um, yeah, like you, would, you, would, th- you would think so. I mean, we've seen that Richie Towell has gone down to that level now. He's playing at Rotherham most weeks I think he's you know he's, there's one or two games being on the bench but 
he just needs to get that run of games and just to get known over there, I guess, as well. Mm. Because I think you do need the faith of a manager to, to trust that player just coming in, just the perception of the League of Ireland. I mean, Welland spoke very complimentary about it and said, well, it is growing in stature, but there's still a way to go for it to be taken seriously, really. Um, so it's a it's a vote of confidence if he starts playing him as a number 10. I don't know if it's going to suit Patrick, lads, if he if he comes in and he starts sticking him on the, the left or the right or trying to, you know, you'd like to see him give him the chance, but maybe that will take time. It's going to take time in a new environment to, yeah. to get that freedom. You yeah, know? well, you look at Jack Byrne. Jack Byrne hadn't got exactly, you know, many games to his name when he, when he signed for Oldham. And he seems to have put a lot of faith in him, seeing what he's been able to do on the training pitch, put him in the number 10 position. If Jack vacates that position, surely... Patrick's going to be a perfect fit to just to, to slip in there. Mm. We're going to go through uh, the transfers otherwise very quickly and I suppose we should Fly make... Them, yeah. Yeah, we're, going to, we're going to actually start with Dundalk because we're on McElhinney so Cork fans don't don't get too mad about Obsessed this. with Dundalk. Uh, Dan, very quickly, right? Ronan Murray, um, he's the obvious kind of replacement for McElhinney. Completely sees himself as that number 10 yeah. type player and now he's going to be playing with a uh, fellow Connacht man, Patrick Hoban. Um, we also Hoban, have, I think is what he And Hoban, rather, sorry. Fellow... fellow Connacht man Stephen Foden as well and a player I think is really going to light up um, the league next season to some extent anyway Dean Jarvis obviously Madden uh, sorry Macmillan and Barrett are gone well Macmillan's the other one I mean mm. um, and I know sort of the lads as well would have sort of would have played with him I think would you have played with Dave I know Paul did but you never at the same time the same club James no no, no just played against, against them, them numerous but times yeah. it, I mean he's he's a huge loss I mean you know he, he has improved every year and delivered a lot of goals last year. And I thought Dundalk were in pretty good nick when Gannon re-signed and when Benson re-signed. But um, I thought I thought McMillan always seemed like he was going to go. Uh, the McElhenney one, there seemed to be a view for a while that they might be able to keep him, and, that, and that's changed. You're losing. You're still losing a lot of goals from that team, and there's um, there's no guarantee that just the Huben and, and Murray is just automatically going to. Well, well Huben has I, to I know that they're definitely going to look for another 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 striker. Huben has done nothing for three or four years now, like so. It's yeah. not like he's immediately going to start scoring twenty five goals, like no. But I think he he gives them at least you know he's going into the club. He knows the manager. He knows the way he wants to play. The manager will know. I guess how best to utilize him. He's played with quite a few of the lads before. I don't wouldn't be wouldn't be not wouldn't be worried about him settling in or, but but I mean they are looking for another attacker and probably I mean I think there's a, there would be confidence that Jamie McGrath maybe could improve again this year and he could also play that number ten mm. role actually. Michael Duffy's second year he definitely improved as last year went on, but they they're still a bit light in 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 that area. They've done okay in terms of they've got O'Donnell and Benson and Shields and you know. Defensively, okay, Vemelin's gone, and they've brought in Folan, and so. But I, I think it's in those forward areas that. But but I also think we can talk generally. I think everyone seems to be looking for a striker or attack player. Cork yeah. certainly are very much looking for one. I think Shamrock Rovers need one too. And I think the, the slight problem we have in the league is that you keep losing players. Again, you could list some of the top players last year. So Maguire's gone from this time last year. O'Connor, McMillan, you know, various people have gone to America. And, you know, we don't... I, there's been a bit of a player drain and you're looking for the guys to step up but I, there's, there hasn't really been people coming in from outside the league and I wonder are we going to have a busy end of January see how lads get fixed up in England or whatever because yeah. I think Dundalk and Cork and all the top clubs are looking for a particular type of player and I'm not sure I'm not sure where they are. I, I suppose at the moment, right, Cork have brought in Abba, Adebayo Rowling, uh, Colm Horgan, McNamee, Josh O'Hannon, who was an interesting one, Aaron Barry, and Greg Bulger and Stephen Dooley, which was a big loss. Both of them big losses. Paul, where do you see it at the moment, Cork and Dundalk, how they're shaping up? Um, Cork are obviously still looking for players. 
Yeah, just with Dundalk, it's a similar situation to last year. You know, you, you lose big personalities and the likes of McElhenney, McMillan and Vemelund, and you're, you're bringing in people, and it just seems to be, you know, they're having to restart at the, at the start of each season now. Um, you know, getting players used to the style of play. I know Hoban has, has obviously played there before, but the likes of Rowan and Murray and, and Folan, you know, getting adapting to new personnel and the way a team plays, it tends to take, you know, five or ten games. And what happened last season was Cork started so quickly that Dundalk had, had lost so much ground that they weren't able to catch up. Um like what Dan was saying everyone's always looking for strikers the, the nature of football is that teams in the UK and teams in Scotland will take chances on people who are scoring a lot of goals in, in, in Ireland so replacing those personnel isn't going to be easy uh, I know like you were saying with Hoban there it's it's not a light switch you can't flick your form on and off I guess the, the bonus is that he knows the league he, he knows the opposition he knows Kenny he knows Dundalk as a place they're probably hoping that he can come in and, and just you know hit the ground running so that's that's going to be interesting. I don't think he's a Macmillan, but let's talk about your your ex club Rovers. Uh, obviously, they brought in Bulger and Ethan Boyle and have lost Madden, Conley, Webster, and Duna to name four. Anyway, um, are they realistic title contenders? I was expecting a bit more movement. If I'm being honest, I thought Simon was a strange one to let go to Pats, replace him with Ethan Boyle. I haven't seen too much. Simon knows the league, knows the place, been around the club for a, a long time. Now I, I I thought that was a bit strange. Um, Greg will obviously bring something that they were probably lacking last year. I probably thought I might have been able to offer it myself in terms of linking the defence to midfield. Definitely need um a few players further up the pitch. I know Graham Burke will chip in a few with a few goes, and Gary Shaw did well. A lot of responsibility and likes of Michael O'Connor and Sean Boyd to chip in because they didn't really do last year. Um, Centre halves are definitely needed. So they're definitely going to need, um, you know, a, a few players to bridge the gap between Cork and Dundalk. Your boy Duna, he was like basically your son, I think, for a time last year. He used to, dis- or, no, no, disappointed is the wrong word, but surprised to see him moving along? Um, not really. Um, being honest with you, I think it's a move that he needed. I think he needed a fresh start. Um, I, he was probably starved of opportunities last year. And when you look at the number of games that he started and the number of goals he scored, he probably deserved um, a few more starts. And I just don't think he was fitting in with um, management at the time. And I just, from my point of view, obviously I'm a little biased. I thought it was it was the right move to, to step aside and go elsewhere. And I think with Liam Buckley and Gerald Bryan, you know, you look at what, Bucko did with Forrester and the likes of that I think it's a good environment for for James to step into and I think as a young player you need to play games and he probably has a better chance under Buckley than he did at Bradley and Jambo Pats have been really really uh, busy in the in the transfer market to me they're the dark horses to do at least a lot better next season if you talk about Ryan Brennan Dean Clark Thomas Byrne Simon Madden James Doona Kevin Toner the last few days been very interesting Um out Josh O'Hanlon, JJ Lunny, Gavin Pierce, Curtis Byrne, and Jordi Balk, who just got his move uh, to his homeland. What do you make of things at Pats? And uh, we should mention as well, Garvin and uh, Brennan have re-signed as well, so that midfield looks like it's going to have take some shape. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think the the summer transfer window last year for them was huge. You know, getting the players back in, and I think they've carried it on. I think they're looking for a little bit of continuity as well. And he's brought in some fresh young lads as well. The likes of Duna. People like that, you know. We, I think Kevin Towner coming back is massive. He's obviously going to have a point to prove. How good is he, do you think, lads? Well, I haven't seen enough of him. I've mm. just seen clips, but he's 
he's by all accounts he's he's been at Villa, he's played in the Prem, so he'll he'll want to come back and he'll have a Venus bonnet, I'd imagine, to, to try and prove a few people wrong. I think Killian going another year, I think Killian can play for another two years easily. Like you know, he's he's as fit as a fiddle, and he makes such a difference to them. Garvin, his quality is is undoubted. You know, it, it it's just a matter of their their second striker is going to be the problem. I know if if something happens, Git, I know Git, Git wasn't exactly on flames last year. I think he'll come back a little bit more kind of buoyed and, and looking to get some goals. But if if something happens to Git, I haven't seen enough of Burn, but. Uh, Highly rated, a uh, bit of a character apparently. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting to see what happens with the club because they've been it's been quiet for a while on the budgetary front, and then all of a sudden they've got Toner ahead of Rovers, so that's a, a sort of a statement. And um, Carlaher kind of linked with Bray. What do you make of the Bray situation? Uh, yeah, we well, have to discuss it. See, well, people are going to list this, listen to this, Johnny, at various times over Christmas. So anything is liable. Anything is liable yeah. to have happened, <laughs> um, but I, I don't think anything is going to happen to change the view that it would be better if Bray weren't in next year's Premier division than than the current situation where they're going to be uh we're, we're trying to be starting a new 10 team league we're thinking here we go 10 team league and there is a joke shop in right in the middle of that fixture list with no manager as we speak at the moment whatever day it is sometime close to christmas that the days just don't stop stop making sense around this time of year it's one of the days closer to christmas um no manager keep buckley talking about you know wanting to leave um he uh, you know it wouldn't leave even for 10 grand a week i think roberto lopez pointed that would be a pay cut for you given what you went there for last year and I mean it, it is funny that I mean I, I do have some sympathy for the players but also I mean 12 months ago anyone who signed a contract for Bray unreasonably good money must have walked in and thought hmm what's going on here no, you I know do, I still have but, but I mean the, I have sympathy for the players because you always want to believe it but I mean it's not a huge surprise sure, like, what, what's unraveled um, so I don't know I don't know Bray are bringing nothing to the table at the moment other other than confusion um, and it's, it's, it's it could a be shambles, a free so. it could be a free pass for everyone in the Premier Division next year I mean Pats and, and, and people had a bit of relegation fear last year you know maybe we'll have a, a free pass of a year where there's just a team that bombs and everyone's mm-hmm. safe but that's not really striving for like a, an elite level is it you know mm, no it's, it's just delaying the inevitable isn't it with them yeah. being there I think you're better off if, if they're not going to get the house in order that maybe like, there's, there's a serious threat that they're not going to get the license which I think everybody would be would be happy with by all accounts just, just say they went out then and go united by default were catapulted back <laughs> having in having lost all your uh, lost all but almost all of whom were actually committed to saying if they stayed up yeah, and I, I do believe that and now Galway's budget is like whatever it is compared to last year scrapping for players on small money a week like oh crap we're actually back in the Premier Division yeah so that's so, your Christmas wish then, yeah? I, at this stage, I'd nearly prefer if we didn't because it's just like Galway United have, have a first division team coming up and they, they wouldn't survive in the Premier Division at the moment. No chance. But I want to mention Warford as well because they made some very interesting signings. Eri Akinade um, and Gavin Hulhan quite recently as well. Um, are they dark horses, do you think, uh, Paul? You know, Eri is obviously a nice player. And Akinade, what he could do if he gets a run. Yeah, I played with Eri at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I played a few Did reserve you, yeah? games with him. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a character, apparently. Yeah, character. Yeah. Got a wild haircut in his, in his yeah. locker. Um, but definitely got un- undoubted talent. Uh, I just I worry when a team signs a lot of new players and, and blooding them together is it's just not an easy thing to do. Um should have a have a have a good squad by all accounts and should you'd imagine be in and around mid table. Um I know Dave Webster's gone down, Niall Corbett, Gavin Hoolahan, you know, being around the league, that people who have good experience and probably can help grind out results and, and you know, help them. I guess stay, steer clear of that relegation zone whether or not they're going to be challenging up around third or fourth I, I, I 
you know, I'd question that. They're still, I think they're still looking for players in the UK as well, I gather. You know, uh, there's a lot of clubs in that situation. I mean, Sligo Rovers have done okay. I mean, they've retained a couple of their key players from last year, the likes of Reese McCabe and people like that, who I think would have had interest. Limerick has been very quiet. Very uh, quiet. Very quiet there and sort of, I don't know, sort of, I don't know, is it worryingly quiet or the, it seems like a lot of their targets seem to be signing for other clubs. Um, you know, Derry, Kenny Shields is the one person who seems to sort of master bringing in people from out. I think they, they, they like signed around eight, signed eight players in the one day. You know, all of whom were different. A, I'm just waiting for them to it's sign like, North I, Korean. I, I sort of imagine like <laughs> Kenny is just going to like you know Stansted or Luton or one of these airports, just meeting a load of lads off one flight and then bringing them all back to Derry uh, in, on the next plane. So they're they're going to be they're going to be interesting enough. And have we mentioned everyone? But Bows and Bows actually have I think Bows have twenty. Two players I saw there um, on their squad. I list. want to mention Bose actually. I think JJ Loney is an interesting one because, like, Fudzer went there from Pats and um, Long did a good job with him. And I, th- I think Loney is a player that Jambo could do well, like uh, when he when he gets a run of games and maybe strengthens up. Yeah, I've seen him. He was at Malahoy underage, and then I, I trained there last year for a little bit during the season, and he was there. He's he's, he's excellent. He's really really good. He just needs games. You know what I mean? He's not going to get any better training. He needs to get out and get thrown into the deep end. He's, I think he's probably 19 or 20 now. So he needs he needs 30 games a season. And then after the 30 games, you can start to form a little bit more of a decision on him, whether he's he's good enough to go back or could he potentially make the, the jump to a Dundalk or a Cork or, or even back to a Pats yeah, I type think, of thing. I think he's a good lad. Um, just quickly, are you around for a game of Astro the next few days? I know, Paul, you're probably not. Jambo, maybe? Yeah, yeah maybe. That's, yeah. A, that's all right. Yeah, I'm all um, right. Let's, let's get on to 2018 then. The format is basically, um, there'll be two up and sort of two down in the well, why did you ask him in the middle of the show I mean it's just not really professional Johnny you it's know? probably not actually no but I might forget about spots. it otherwise alright okay because um, yeah. I know I know the boy Garvin was playing a bit of Astro with a mate of mine last night so that loud um, um, that's uh, have you dropped him in the shit there? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. no, he's only on a forty-two weeks, so he's grand. Garvin. Yeah. Man. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. So the format, which we we're, we're going to discuss this and see what you think of it, lads. We obviously have um, Dan. We've twenty-seven games in the first division, which means Galway United, for example, are playing thirteen home games. It's not a lot if you're talking about like projected budget. And then we have the system where that's what the clubs wanted, though. Wasn't yeah. It? Well, we, so the, some of them anyway. So we'll have one up, one down straight away. Then we will have um, fourth playing third over two legs third playing uh, the winner of that playing second uh, over two legs and the winner of that playing the second last team over two legs so it'll be potentially six games to get promoted if you mm, if what you do you make of it Dan? Well I, I mean I spoke to Stephen Henderson after it who had been um, I think quite critical of obviously the lack of a playoff this year and I think he was positive enough about it because at least if you're one of the ten teams in the first division I mean, the last two years almost there's been a runaway winner each year. At least if you're, I don't know, Cabin TD, Shells, whoever it might be, you're fifth or sixth, and there's five or six games to go in the season, you've got something to play for. Whereas last season, almost teams had nothing to play for after a month. Um, and that you know, lends itself to other problems. The, the sequence at the end of the season is a bit convoluted, but um, I, I don't have as much of a problem with it. I think it's still better than having, uh, I mean, it's another thing that Stephen would have wanted or talked about was maybe three up or three down. I just don't think you can have that level of movement. I think that would negatively impact on quality. But I, I think we had something good last year, at least, and that every game meant something for a lot of teams in the Premier coming towards the end of the season. We can't have too many meaningless games, and you would hope at least that, this system will remove that fact. And as I said, in the Premier, if Bray are a joke, then you could have loads of meaningless games, you know. But mm. we don't want that. I think we had something last week, last year. It was uncertain, but at least it was a, a talking point all the time. So 
I think for those first division clubs, at least it gives them something to aim aim towards because they've they, they've lacked that sense of purpose last year. What do you make of it, lads? The structure for next year? I guess you know how often do you have talking points in the first division? Probably very rarely. At least you know with third playing fourth and then the winner of that playing second, you know, you've got a bit of excitement. You've got something that's drawn people towards watching it and, you know, seeing then who will play the team who finished the second ball in the Premier Division. So, listen, I don't think there's been much, you know, of a draw towards the First Division, so at least it, it generates that bit of interest. I suppose a long playoff thing, it's almost very American in some ways, that a team who doesn't necessarily... Like a team that comes fourth, okay, they could just build a bit of, bit of momentum through a run of winning games. Like, it's, well, yeah, that's, you know. that's the thing. And, and there's like I've only noticed it in the states as well. That there's people that actually they they train for that to be able to hit hit format such a perfect time the in the peak. season. It's it's almost like it's an, it's a hidden talent to be able to do that, you know. And certainly, if you go up through that system, boy, God, do you deserve it? Do they do that? But there's there dodgy gambling discussions about towards the end of the season <laughs> as they try and peak to get it. To, yeah. Let's not go there. No. <laughs> let's not go there. We've had enough of that. Yeah, let's move on. Let's well. move on. Yeah. The only issue I have with it, I think, is that it should be one-legged until the final game and that they should give the um, benefit to the team who finished top. So the fourth should be away to third, the winner should be away to second, and then a two-legged second winner versus the second-last team. Yeah. Because I, I just think, anyway... But the, one, but the one problem for... I know we need to move on, but the one problem for the first division teams, I think they need that structure. Like, they, they, these FAI Cup weeks towards the end of the season, they're taking a full weekend, including no first division games. So I think if you're a first division club, I think after the first of August you only actually have something like four games left in the season yeah. you know uh, and if you're trying to still, I still think if you're trying to run a budget and run a club and you get to August and it's like well how many more home gates do we have this season two at least if you're in the playoffs you, you're guaranteed another one or, uh, or the, maybe two or the other thing like I will that. say Dan is like I, I did make this point that at least the first division in theory will be a lot more competitive than it has been with eight teams and with the way Drawhead have signed a few players the way Longford are signing Shells Gaw United and Harps it's actually going to be good quite open. It, it is and potentially Bray as well or whatever's going to happen there yeah. but it will actually be um, quite an interesting first vision I think and it, it'll, it'll I think crowds will definitely be well up because there's a lot to play for and the first series of games as well which is on the Friday the 16th of February uh, in the Premier Division um is Bowes against Rovers, which is obviously the big one, Dundalk against Bray, Pats against Cork, Watford against Derry, Sligo against Limerick. And Bowes against Rovers, you really want Paul to kind of, you know, promote that, start the season, starting in mid-February, which is a new departure. Could be a great crowd in Daily Mount for that, like, you know, and um, it's also kind of evoking memories of the old winter leagues where it actually you know, it was really cold, like watching games of football, but it's going to be a good night there. Yeah, you know, we, we played uh, Bowes early on in the season last year and there was a massive crowd at it. So for both teams, you know, you're looking to get off to a winning start and you're looking to keep the crowds in. So, um, you know, it, it'll be massive. The crowds are always massive. I'm always... I've gone down to Daly Man quite a bit when I was younger. It's only down the road for me, particularly for, for the Dublin Derby. So... Uh, be expecting a big crowd big atmosphere and hopefully that can kind of you know tee things up for for the first at least set of games uh, Jambo I might put this one to you this is a question from Julian Canny um, with Johnny Ronan linked to investing in Bray does the panel investings in quotation marks does the panel think the surface of the Carlisle grounds may be badly affected by the weekly fox hunts taking place <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That, that's a bit of a harsh one. You're throwing a different question, maybe. Um, a, does Johnny? A lot Bunny, of questions about uh, was, tips for leopards. Was there not cars yeah. parked on it at some oh, stage? There was. Last season? Yeah. Did I not see that flying around social media? Yeah, that's standard, isn't it? You got to be resourceful. <laughs> Colin yeah, Mullen, lads. Was this, there not a statement about that again? Uh, this one. Um, can't, like, with Bray, I can't even remember. Does I can't one do Christmas Day? I think. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> I don't think they celebrate Christmas Day in Bray, do they? They're drunk. I know it's halfway during the dinner, but I just wanted to issue this statement. You know, Colin Mullen uh, asked, "Dundalk's proposed takeover, good or a bad thing?" This this one really divides me big time. I don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing, gentlemen. Dan, well, it's it's still what again, we know about. It. It's dangerous. Like this could be out of date soon. So um, it's it's certainly taken a bit of time, and uh, there are people that are involved. It's not as straightforward as it's peak six. It's actually peak six supporting. Uh, a consortium of people so it's not just the Bournemouth link there's people who've been involved with Swansea as well um, you know, from what I gather I don't, the people involved they do have a track record of being involved in football even at a uh, you know, sort of semi-professional level at the States in, in, in one or two cases I think so I'm not sure if it's the typical sort of vulture fund profile that, you know, the, the anonymous mystery, mysterious Arcaga in some ways, or even the at loan thing. I, I, don't, I wouldn't put them in that bracket. Um, but at the same time, they also are, people are, are, are investing to try and make the, money. The so, so you have to, uh, now again, though, I do think, you know, there's, there's a sort of a comedy of, we're sort of suspicious of people who want to like make money. I mean, maybe that's, possibly what we should be aiming for you know in some way that uh, if we want to move to the future we we have to somehow embrace some of this uh, capitalist spirit johnny do you know what i mean and uh, can't assume that every club should be run like a, a charity or by the fans some clubs are able to do that very very well i don't think the doc necessarily wouldn't have the depth of fan base or the demographic necessarily to be able to sustain the fan owned club that others can do so there will always be an element i think of private investment in a club of that size to keep things going and certainly i think that the people that are running the club there at the moment um who have done extremely well i think they've reached a point where they've probably taken things as far as they can and they so that so some right? so some kind of change was inevitable there anyway um so you have to make sure that you're dealing with the right people from people i've spoken to of course everyone says this at this point but they've made a reasonable impression and they seem to be methodic going about it uh, I'm not sure if they're going to have like tons of cash and, and they're going to come in and everything's going to be you know sort of overnight it's going to be it's going to be changed um, but well, well, but I, 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 I'm not I'm not I, I'm leaning in favour of the positive side but I don't think anyone can say definitively well this is an amazing thing there's a lot more information that we need but I don't think either you can just say oh there's sort of a God fearing oh what's this all about there you know we've had bad experiences before but I don't think these people are from that category, Paul. Paul, you, you you seem to have a you know a potential to have a good business kind of head on you, if nothing else. Go United were linked with investors last year, and by all accounts, the investors <laughs> just came to the conclusion we we can't really make money out of this, so they just decide they pulled out. Is a League of Ireland club viable when you consider the wages are actually quite modest, and there's a lot of European money there? You know, is it viable? Yeah, you, well, you got to look at the personnel that Dundalk have lost in the last few years. The, the people that have gone have gone on free transfers. The likes of Richie Tell, Dara Horgan, Andy Boyle. If investors come Patrick in... Patrick McElhenney. McElhenney, you'd imagine that these people are going to look at putting these people on maybe longer contracts and then they can start you know, looking for transfer fees. And maybe that's how they see them making their money. And, and surely, 
from a league's point of view and from a player's point of view being on you know more secure contracts and longer contracts surely that's that's a positive you know particularly i'm coming from the player's point of view but also from the club's point of view being able to take in transfer fees and then maybe they're not looking to reinvest it but they might be able to reinvest a percentage of it into the club and, and look at facilities and looking into bringing in new personnel so you know you got to imagine that coming in investors coming into certain clubs is obviously going to be a positive jambo quickly I think you have to embrace the change. I really do. I think you, you got to change with it. Like otherwise, we'll we'll still be doing the exact same stuff in in five years' time. You know, just I know there is a bad taste in the mouth from the Akaga and stuff like that. That's that's bound to be expected. But I I, I think it's a uh, it's, it's certainly positive for Dundalk. You know, did they obviously see something in it? Whether they're in it for a financial gain is is questionable. Yeah, well, it could be they are. But I mean, once the, if that can be for the greater good of 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 the club that they go into and I think easy access potentially to Europe is definitely a factor in it and because Dundalk's a small town it's not like as Michael O'Neill says it's not like they're going to have like 10,000 no, no. you know I mean? but it, it seems like these are people who are investing in other clubs as well and I, th- I guess it might be part of a broader plan and will that be used to bring players in there and to move them out and, and whatever it might be but there's a lot of questions to be answered here I'm not sitting here saying oh I know actually what's going on I'm not not saying it there's still questions to be answered they're, they're certainly being methodical about how they're how they're going about it so um i don't know it, it's gonna be interesting to see you know you see you're living in america now you know the american approach to things i mean the people are open to like coming in but they want a result as well as you know they're not they don't have a limitless amount of patience you <laughs> yeah, know so yeah exactly or or a limitless amount of cash no that's the that's the other thing you know uh whether they're in to line their pockets substantially that that's questionable like, I, I can't see people of of that kind of caliber coming in to invest in Dundalk un, unless they're gonna they're gonna make money from it Jambo there's been a lot of uh, stuff about Pats on the questions on Twitter like is Liam Buckley the man to still bring Pats to the level that they shouldn't have been at this season that they should probably be at next season yeah I think so I think so I think he he, he kept them up I, I I just think what happened last year was was obviously they, they left it late they, they signed some young players who yeah, it was great blooding the youngsters, but ultimately they didn't perform, the younger lads, and they, they weren't able to get the opportunity. Like Paul was saying earlier on the show, that like it, when you're down there, you can't afford to, to play young lads and hope that it turns for you. I know Darren Markey, when I watched Darren Markey play during the season, he was excellent and he was playing really well, but you can't afford to keep playing Darren if the team's not winning. It doesn't happen like that. Like the likes of JJ, like people like that as well. I think even like Joshua Hanlon fall into that category. Git wasn't scoring goals, but you can't really play Joshua Hanlon either because he's not the finished article. So if, if I suppose if he's actually if Fagan's playing well next season, it's like a new signing because he he had anonymous Anis Horabilis this season. He was <laughs> I couldn't believe how he was he was like a different player. Yeah, you but like Anas Harabalus, is that An- what it is? Anas, Anas, <laughs> I, I feared, like I feared that the hair. Queen wouldn't be employing you to deliver her Christmas message. No, I, I don't think there's any fear of that anyway. <laughs> Paul, actually, if, is Brads are under pressure if Rovers have a dodgy start in their first 10 games? Uh, I think as as a player and as, as a manager at Shamrock Rovers, people are always expecting results. So I think any time you do go on a bad run of form, you know, questions are asked. And that was that was a similar situation last year. Whether or not he's under pressure in terms of his job, I wouldn't imagine so. I guess a lot of it's going to depend on what personnel they bring in in, in the next couple of weeks and months and, and what sort of money they spend on these people. Um, at the moment, uh, you know, I'd say, I'd say they're looking to maybe nick a League Cup or, or, or win the FAI Cup. Whether, they can't, it has to be more than that next season. It has to be, they whether, have to be challengers now, haven't they? <laughs> 
on the budget they have like you know Brad, but, but, Bradley's but what is there. the budget like what, what players are you looking in there that are on massive money I would say Ronan Finn's one of the better play, paid players in the league anyway I wouldn't say Shamrock Rovers have as many high paid players as, as the likes think. of Cork and Dundalk from my personal opinion I don't know what people were earning last year but that's the vibe that I got um, you know you look at our squad last year I say our squad is from still there but the likes of you know we had so many players in, in the age bracket of 19 to maybe 23 who probably aren't on massive money that were making up quite a large percentage of the squad so whether or not the budget is as big as people think I'm, I'm not quite sure mm. quick one for the three of you so a young player to look out for next season well, if you have time to answer it like uh you'd, you'd obviously be thinking of you in terms of rovers a young player that could we, we have particularly Bulger I suppose yeah I was going to say Aaron Bulger um, you know obviously with, with Greg Bulger going in there now he's got added competition and whether he's going to play as many games just like James was saying when a young player isn't performing you, you know it's, it's going to be very hard to, to leave the likes of a Dave McAllister or Greg Bulger Ronan Finn out to you know supplement Aaron's progression and, and hoping that he becomes his finished article I, I think he has enough about his game. I, I'd like to see him progress and maybe start creating a few chances, start creating a few goals. I think he's he's good at a lot of things. I'd like to see him progress that he's he's very good at one thing and he adds that, you know, extra dimension to his game. But you know, Trevor Clark's still young. Um How is he still there? It's just, it's a mad one. I maybe it's a contract issue as well. Yeah. He's under contract. Uh, if if Trevor really wanted to go to the UK last year, I don't think he would have signed a contract extension. And, and that, for me, didn't really add up because he was out of contract at the end of the season. Surely, if, if you're going to move to the UK, it's, it, it makes sense that you, you don't sign and then you know the club's due compensation as opposed to the club asking for a transfer fee. Um, and that's probably what held him back because I think he's got maybe another two years on his contract now. UK club looking at Irish player and saying, well, you know, yes, he is young. He's unproven in the UK. Are we going to spend this much on his wages? And then also we're going to have to spend X amount on, on his transfer fee. Mm. And that's probably the reason that he didn't go because had he been a free agent at the end of the season, somebody would have taken a gamble on him. Jambo, player to look out for? I'll stick with Lunny, JJ mm. Lunny. To be honest, there's not that many that, that stand out to me, you know. Uh, obviously, Darrow played a couple of games last year for Pats, but yeah, I, I, like, I like JJ. I think he has the potential to have a good season. Where he's going to play for them remains to be seen. I don't know if, if Fitzgerald is back at Bowes, Lorcan. I'm not sure. I, no, I, I, not, not, not at the moment. Not anyway, at the moment. No. JJ's probably a natural left full where, where he'll fit in there, whether he has, whether he has the attributes to to get better defensively remain to be seen I'm going to give uh, Ronan Manning at Galway United as a player to look out for he's only 17 a brother of Ryan Manning Dan yeah I'm, I think there is an issue over the sort of you know where are we ne expecting the next stars to come from I mentioned Jamie McGrath I think he could have a good year next year with Dundalk just from chatting to people there I seem to think he'll come on a bit um, yeah I think Bulger Clark I mean both have some sort of interest in you know young players that are there I mean, the likes of Dan Casey who came back and had a short run and um, I think there's John Ross Wilson is it Tyreek Wilson who's at Man City his brother is at Bowes as well so but I think there we need some new stars to emerge you know I think that that's a, that's been a talk about maybe Ethan Boyle who's gone from from Rovers as well quick one from the boy Chris Blake here beside me top scorer next season lads that's top going to be an interesting one Sean Maguire is gone Macmillan is gone uh, mm. Ronan Murray's probably going to be playing a slightly more so he's not going to be a top scorer I think Sadlier will have a good year at Cork next year as well he'll probably come into his own a bit but he's not even that that young now just top scorer I don't know That's been interesting. It'll, it'll be a new signing I'd imagine that's yeah. what I'm thinking it'll be someone Hoban like Paul was saying earlier on you can't just flick a switch he might come back with, with a little bit in between his teeth wanting to prove people wrong and stuff like that but 
if you're out of form for so long and you haven't played that many games, for him to play 30-odd games next season is going to be tough, first of all, on his body. And if he gets through them, he's not going to have 25 good games. He'll, he might play 10 or 12 good games. The rest will be average. Whether he can score goals when he's not playing well, I'm not so sure. Dundalk will have to adapt to playing with him again as well, especially with the new players that they... Absolutely. And they've lost McElhenney as well, which is going to... I think holding on to Benson, Dan, was, was definitely a yeah. big, big thing. I, it could well be a new player. I'm just thinking mm. some of the players you think could do very well, someone like Graham Burke, but he's not going to be playing as a, you know, mm. say a number nine or something like that. We'll see where Murray is played. Um, I mean, if Fagan got back going again... You, you never know. know. He'd be, he'd if, if, if he were a bit of value for in that market, like it'd be a hard one to price yeah. up. Akinadi, I don't know. Akin, yeah. yeah, if Akinadi can get a run. Yeah, you know? I, do think is, I think its service is going to be far greater as mm. well this year, you know what I mean, with with the supply from the midfield. But the one the one for me as well that you just mentioned, I completely forgot, Graham Burke. I, I played Astro with him a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've only heard of him. So you are on the him. Astro market. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> is this would be a bit of a downgrade Yeah, but they, they paid the fiver for me to go and play. So that's, <laughs> We'll do that as well. That's all right. It might be 750 for you, Johnny. <laughs> pa- Paul, we, we, probably not. The Astro wouldn't suit your knee, I'd say. Do you know what? I'm still coaching down at Belve when I get involved every now and again. And, um, Who I knows? Can, I, I can still move, Johnny. All right. I'll pay for it the next morning. You can, move quicker, yeah. than, you can move quicker than Johnny, <laughs> yeah. I can assure you, to be honest. Just tell him, Paul. The ball moves quicker than any player. The philosophy. And just by the way, the last uh, days of next season are October 26th for the uh, league and the cup finals on November 4th. Paul, we, we're going to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you about Macmillan as well. How do you think he's going to go, you, your former teammate, Dave Macmillan? How's he going to go in Scotland? I guess it depends on the opportunity that, that he's given, you know, whether or not he's going to be making five-minute appearances here and ten-minute appearances there. But Dave is, you know, not gifted with a lot of pace, but what he has got is he's got a real knack for goals. Um, he's got an unbelievable strike of a ball, good in the air, and he's he's got that instinct around the box. It's hard for me to judge and gauge because I've never played in Scotland. I don't really know what the standards like. I don't know the what the oppositions are like. But in terms of you know, I think of someone like Stevie May, who I played with at Sheffield Wednesday, was at at, at Aberdeen at the moment. He scored goals, and I'd probably look at Dave and draw certain comparisons there. So. I'd like to think he'll do well. I think maybe this six months in terms of getting him towards the end of the season might be a you know betting in period and hopefully then next season he, he really kicks on. But wherever Dave has gone, he's tended to score goals. So I'd, I'd like to say that you know that's going to continue. Yeah, I, I stumbled on SPL highlights the other day and I didn't realise Aberdeen were like doing so well and I was watching one of their games and um, they beat Hibs actually like 4-1 or something but the place was absolutely buzzing and I was like, well if Aberdeen yeah. are, you know... But James was over, you were at Hamilton for a while and yeah. it was a short spell but I mean maybe Hamilton not the biggest club in the world but there's still a passion for football no. there, their attendances are Yeah and are good. geographically as well, Aberdeen are a huge club from, mm. from back in the 80s and the early 90s like yeah, uh, it, it's... It's a league on there, like with, with serious attendances. Like they don't, they don't have that that many teams. I think there's only ten. Well, in if the you league, did, if it? you did a straw poll now of soccer 12. fans in Ireland, who do you want to win the league, Celtic or Aberdeen? It'd be interesting because I'd be all like, oh, definitely Aberdeen. Like you know, <laughs> do you know, like it's you, you need a shake up. They're only, I think, they're four points behind at the moment. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Celtic, Celtic going to stroll it. I mean, Aberdeen, Ma- you know, Macmillan, Macmillan could make like it's the, certainly the bottom half of SPL. You would say is not that much better than the top of our league. No, I thought. the other thing I, th- I think Davy like Cummins is there and he's scoring goals and I think Davies a far better player than Cummins that's just my opinion from playing yeah. against them you know now whether I don't know what, what style of play St. Johnston I don't really watch them on the TV to be honest but if it, maybe they suit Cummins a little bit more if they can adapt to playing with Davy well like Paul says Davy gets goals wherever he goes and I think he's a far greater player than, than Cummins is but they've given him a two and a half year deal he's just gone 29 so I think he is going to play I think actually there's some suggestion that 
Cummins might be sort of unshipped by McMillan's arrival. Yeah. So, uh, but I think he's won. That they have a bit of a winter break, but I think come the end of January, I think he could play very quickly there. I think he actually came over Tommy Wright to watch. I think he was looking at Gary Shaw at the time, and and uh, yeah, came Shawzy, away, Shawzy came away with McMillan. Yeah, you know, came away with McMillan. So that's, that's funny the way it works. It, happens, it always yeah. happens like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 also, um, you know, shattered his his funny bone or his humorous bone towards the end of the season. So that probably ruled out mm. a move for him as well. He but looked like Zorro in some of the games. As well, <laughs> the old uh, mask. Great lads. Uh, actually, spoken for the first time. Zorro or Gary Shaw? Uh, Gary Shaw. <laughs> he sounds. He sounds just like his dad, who's uh, involved in racing, and I know very well. Uh, we have to wrap up, lads. And um, we've Christmas shopping to do. If you wanted like one Christmas kind of gift, and uh, the Chris Kindle, what would it be? A new knee. And yeah, <laughs> that's like tinged with sadness. That is Jambo. Chambers will get some clothes. I'd say clobber. Yeah, I'm, more, I'm more of a clobber. <laughs> Cross hey. between the Peaky Blinders and James Chambers today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I want for Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. Dan? But what do you want, Johnny? Uh, a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. this is actually a profound question. A load of pork shoulders, I'd say, from a. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Marabar Kev texts in about the pork shoulders. That was a one off, Kev. I, didn't get them. I don't get them all the time. Um, okay, so we, I think we're going to wrap up. But, but, but before we do go, one more last question, Dan. Oh, Jesus, there's always one more. Yeah. Who wins the league next season? Oh, God, I, at the moment. You have to give an answer. I do have to give an answer. Mm. Mm. I, I think Dundalk possibly will bounce back and take it but uh, you can't change your it's going to be the same top two anyway I'm convinced Definitely. it's going to, convinced it's going to be the same top two mm. anyway yeah Paul I, big gap I'd go with Dundalk as well yeah Jambo, clean Dundalk. sweep here I'm Dundalk oh, yeah. the car, I, I'm oh, going with Dundalk as well <laughs> John Coffey doesn't here, have any more motivation here, have you spoken to Shep in the last couple of weeks uh, the new the new the new bromance have you favourited any of his tweets? No, I don't. Do you think liked any of yours? Did it mean a lot to you what he did? <laughs> I don't think he's no. spoken to Stephen Kenny either after some uh, of the comments he made uh, about him. So you haven't, you haven't. The whole thing hasn't really taken off, is it? No, no. Still, still, uh, still in touch with Johnny Dunleavy. Um, got involved in the horse with him. Um, right. So uh, as did Chris Blake, Sympath- the aforementioned. Sympathies. Uh, have a very good Christmas, um, Shep. I, I love you, <laughs> and um, you know I'm looking forward to next. Year. I can't believe the four of us went for Dundalk. That's that's just going to be fuel for the flames for next year as well. That was the Christmas special of LOI Weekly, and uh, thanks for listening.